1: It's time to get happy. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on TuggyNet.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Hello everyone, this is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and I am here to talk to you as usual about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not a selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic pursuit. In fact, the achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but good for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In essence, happiness is a good virus. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. And with that, I am here today with a wonderful guest who is another one of my friends. And this week we are speaking with Dr. Mark Seaton from the thepursuitofhappiness.org. A group of educators from various universities and high schools, as well as specialists in web design, constructing a multimedia educational platform on the internet focused on the topic of human happiness. Pursuitofhappiness.org's mission is to provide educators, students, and the general public free access to clear, concise information on the history and scientific study of human happiness positive psychology, and mental well-being in general. Dr. Seaton has earned and pu- has studied and published works on East Asian philosophy for the past 30 years. He earned his B.A. and M.A., and I'm going to, I'm sure, mess this up, but I'm going to go for it anyway, at the Sung Sun Kwan University, the only Confucian university in Asia. He taught at the State University of New York at Stony Brook, the University of California at Berkeley, and Oxford University, where he earned his doctorate. He is presently teaching East Asian philosophy and world religions, as well as his favorite course, Perspectives on Happiness, at the University of Bridgeport in Connecticut. He recently received an award for his work comparing philosophical and psychological perspectives on subjective well-being. And with that, I want to welcome you, Mark. Good morning, good afternoon.
0: Hi, Lisa. Good afternoon, Good good morning.
2: Good morning. Well, that was a mouthful, but I think I, I, I think I got it out there all right. And how did I do on the pronunciation? Oh,
0: your Korean sounded really good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to over the, at thepursuitofhappiness.org?
0: Well, we're up to a lot of stuff because our traffic is growing by the day, and we, we get requests for various kinds of information. Um, we have, uh, you know, quite a few active volunteers. And they all specialize in different fields like psychiatry, uh, philosophy, high school education, university education. And so there's a lot to keep track of every day.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Um, you mentioned um, Thomas Jefferson in, on your website. And I was wondering if you could t- touch upon Thomas Jefferson and his role in history or his mention in history of the pursuit of happiness.
0: Sure. Um, You know, I was, uh, I'm obviously from England, as you can probably tell, as you know, and the viewers can probably tell, um, but I've always been fascinated by the three great human rights that Tom Jefferson spoke about. Um, And, of course, the last one being the pursuit of happiness, and very few countries, you know, include that expression um, in their constitutions. Um, that 's a very admirable goal, and um, I was amazed to find out that uh, you know while i 've been working on the on the website to to discover that um, tom jefferson 's one of his secretaries who was a close friend of his that he worked with in Paris when he was ambassador in paris um, you know would, would chat with him about his philosophy and you know, one day Tom Jefferson wrote a letter, and you can actually read the letter on the Internet, um, saying that he was an Epicurean. And I thought, oh, my gosh, he's a, Tom Jefferson is an Epicurean. And actually, I had sort of a false conception of what Epicureans were. I used to think, oh, Epicureans, you know, they drink white wine and sing songs all the time and get involved <laughs> in some sort of very, very pleasurable pursuits. And, and, and they do. But the, the extraordinary thing is if you look at Epicurus's life, he was like Buddha. He had this garden where he used to take his followers around and, and bring them closer to nature. And his, you know, main argument was, you know, there are two kinds of happiness. There's the happiness that, uh, that there are things that we need for our happiness, and there are luxuries that we don't really need, and they don't really contribute to our happiness. And so he he was really big on simplicity and on friendship. Um. And, and uh, Tom Jefferson was really influenced by Epicurus to the point where he said, I'm an Epicurean. And so uh, this sort of changed my whole perception of what he meant when, when you know, he told us, he, he said, oh, the basic human right that we should have is the pursuit of happiness. And, and in fact, it looks as if he didn't really mean the kind of happiness that, that um, they're looking for in the movie The Pursuit of Happiness.
2: Can you explain the difference of uh, between the kinds of happiness that Epicurus and Thomas Jefferson and other great philosophers that you actually devote quite a bit of time and space on your website describe?
0: Well, I'll be here until tomorrow morning. I hope your (laughs) listeners are ready, (laughs) but uh, because um, there are uh, you know very large uh, on our website, if you click um, the history of happiness. Um, you'll be able to see uh, a list of at least 20 thinkers who devoted uh, much of their lives not only to the pursuit of happiness, but talked about it in you know, very, um, in a very systematic way and in a very insightful way. Um, and you know, from way, way back in history, I think one of the earliest people in history to write an actual chapter on happiness was the Taoist philosopher Zhuangzi. And uh, I never knew this. And, and, you know, of course, in the West, we, we, you know, we, we don't t- discover this because of the language barriers. Uh, but Zhuangzi wrote a chapter on how ha- he called it Ultimate Happiness, and this was uh, 2,200 years ago. And then he was closely followed, uh, or pretty well simultaneously, actually, around the same time as Aristotle. Aristotle comes before him. But the interesting difference is that although Aristotle loves to talk about happiness all the time, um, Zhuangzi actually devoted a chapter to it. And, uh, you know, they set the trend. And and many philosophers in history, um, and among them um, you have some, you know, uh, very big names, um, the Confucian philosopher Mencius, uh, Socrates, etc., and many of the uh, Roman philosophers, the Stoics,
2: uh, have talked about happiness. Um, for, for our listeners, I just want to uh, give out the web address, and that is pursuitofhappiness.org. If you Google pursuitofhappiness.org, you'll find your way to Dr. Mark Seaton's site, where he does go into the philosophy of happiness going back, going from ancient times forward. And I think that is very interesting to mention, that this theme repeats itself regardless of period in history And and actually cultural differences, because this is something that everyone desires on some level. Which brings me to the question of perhaps defining, you know, in a nutshell, the differences in kinds of happiness. The one that that comes from sort of the quick jolt of getting what you want or what you think you want or need. Or sustainable happiness, authentic happiness, which is something that um, is on a much more subtle level that brings, you know, lasting contentment.
0: Right. Uh, well, if, if you, uh, you know, read what these great philosophers are saying, um, it become, it's very curious because they do have differences, and they emphasize different things, um, but there's also fascinating agreement, you know, between them uh, in certain, you know, key areas. But what I find most interesting of all, and, and you know, when we began this project, I, I should explain, you know, originally, I, because I'm a philosopher, I just, you know, was, became really curious about um, the philosopher's views of happiness. And um, I, it was only after I posted up this, the history of happiness on the, uh, on the Internet, I began to get calls and emails from people. And, and a psychologist from Yale told me, hey... Why didn't, you know, you should have a page on the science of happiness because many of the things that the ph- these philosophers are saying that you're talking about seem to reflect some of the scientific discoveries that we're making right now. And so uh, I thought, wow, that's a great idea. And, and so, uh, you know, other volunteers on on our team have, you know, really put in a huge amount of work to write uh, the science of happiness pages on our website. And, um, it, 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 there's some fascinating agreements between what the philosophers are saying and what the scientists are now discovering.
2: Well, when uh, we, we're yeah. gonna, we're, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mark, but we're going to go on a break. And when we come back, I would like to pick up this conversation where we've left off, perhaps defining the science of happiness a little bit more deeply. And then also having a chat about, is it possible to become happier? And how much of it is nature, and how much of it is nurture? In other words, how much are we how much are we born with, and how how much can we cultivate? Absolutely, and that would be great. And with that, we are going to go to a break, and our listeners can check out Dr. Mark Seaton's website at pursuit dash of happiness dot org. That's pursuit of I'm sorry of dash happiness dot org, and um, we will be back to discuss about can happiness be created and uh, we're going to go off to the break and uh here come the tunes everyone
1: (laughs) we know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cyphers-Kamen on TokiNet.com.
3: ...part of the grateful good. Join us on Wednesday, November 17th for a discussion with the Grateful Nation team. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org
1: a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents' Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents' Plate, with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central, on toginet.com. I get no doubt, but again, again. down, but I get again. I get no doubt, but it's gonna keep me down, but I get again. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet, The show dedicated to promoting happiness, because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on TuggyNet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Ciphers kamen
2: Welcome back, everyone, to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Ciphers kamen your host. And I am here with today's guest, Dr. Mark Seton. Of the pursuitofhappiness.org website which is really not just a website it is a treasure trove of information and knowledge about happiness and with that I want to welcome Mark back hi Mark
0: Hi. hi Lisa
2: hi well on the break we were chatting a little bit about the definition of happiness and I was wondering if you want to take a moment to chat about the definitions of happiness the pathways to happiness and the rooms in which happiness lives before we talk about how to create more happiness which is what we talked about before we went on break so with that i'm gonna turn it over to you
0: <laughs> um, sure um well you know I, my my perceptions of happiness have really changed over the last few years it's been such a wonderful education And, as I mentioned, we're working together. Um, Our project is the result of a collaboration between uh, philosophers and scientists. And, you know, through the science, we're discovering some really extraordinary things. And what I've discovered is that, um, you know, the House of Happiness has many rooms, uh, not just one or two, and there are many roads to the House of Happiness. Um, and that's what makes it so exciting is, is the diversity of the kinds of happiness that we can experience. And uh, I remember having um, a, a, an email discussion with um, Daniel Gilbert, who argues that you know, happiness is basically the, what we feel in our brain and in our mind, is it's all the same. It's just a difference of intensity, you know, whether we're talking to a friend or whether we're eating a piece of chocolate. And I had to disagree with him. I, I thought, um, I said, I certainly feel very different when I'm eating a piece of chocolate. I mean, I, I feel happy when I'm eating a piece of chocolate. I feel great. <laughs> <Me> but <too. laughs> it feels completely different from the feeling that I get when I'm, you know, d- giving someone a hand. So, for example, when I I don't volunteer very often, but I remember the experience I had volunteering in in Mississippi, and um, it was very, very hard work. But I had this very profound feeling of of well being. Um, you know, when we when we finished the project and I saw the tears in the eyes of the people who, whose house we were working in, that feeling was very different from the feeling I get from eating chocolate. So, and I think the science is showing that that there's many levels of happiness.
2: Oh, I would agree with you. I think it is Dr. Chris Peterson, uh, I could be mistaken, that, that talks about the helper's high. Yeah. And, and I think that's what you're describing. It's that very sense of uh, giddiness and delight and satisfaction with doing something for someone else, of getting out of one's own way, you know, suspending one's own reality for a moment and stepping into another and, and serving them in some way, which is, is a very unique uh, sense of well-being i think that comes from serving
0: it certainly is
2: um we were chatting before the break about uh becoming happier you know how do we become happier how, how much of, of happiness or unhappiness is in our dna do we come out unhappy or happy
0: <laughs> well uh, that's there's a couple of questions there i would say you know the 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 first question to to talk about would be you know can we actually become happier um and as you know i mean we've this because science has progressed especially genetic science there's a tendency for many people to misunderstand and believe that you know our ability to become happier um, or to become depressed is is decided completely by our dna and the evidence that we're getting through all these studies that people are making now is that that's not true. And to a certain extent, we can have, uh, we do have control over how um, good we feel, or we can even make ourselves much more miserable. Um, and I know that through my own experience. If I just sit in front of a computer and um, and stare at Facebook for for five hours, I don't feel very good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, and, and, you know, there's other ways that we can make ourselves feel miserable. I hate to uh, sort of uh, stick on this point, but, you know, ruminating, self-pity, these are yep. ways that we, we, we stay in our muck, we stay in our stuff. And the, the flip side of that are very small and powerful interventions that anybody can use to sort of take themselves out of, out of the gloom. And, I mean, we've talked about them before. Maybe, maybe you could elaborate on, on a couple that come to mind.
0: Uh, well, here's the thing. If you go to, into any bookstore, you'll see thousands of books on happiness. So, you know, which book do we read? Who, who do we believe? You know, there's the big question. And, uh, and for me, quite clearly, the greatest guru of happiness is the scientific method. You know, the science has got us to the moon and science has created the computers we're looking at. And, um, you know, amazingly, um, we're discovering that actually science, um, by using the the systematic sort of research that science has, we can actually discover um, what uh, the things that make us uh, happier in a more lasting way. And so I would think that the scientific method is probably one of the most effective ways we can figure out what is more effective and what is less effective. Um, and as we're uh, right now, and as, as I'm sure you know, Lisa, over the last uh, probably 30 years, um, there's been a sudden increase in the amount of interest in in happiness in the scientific world, in psychology and social science. And of course, you know, the psychologist Martin Seligman, he he created a whirlwind um, of, of research when he announced that, you know, uh, this new school of psychology called, you know, positive psychology, that instead of thinking about what, you know, instead of navel-gazing and wondering about what makes us depressed, we should think about what makes happy people happy. And it's almost like Copernicus. It's almost like he turned the tables and said, hey, wait a minute, we've, we've become so involved in 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 depression Let, let's try to learn from from happy people what are they doing right and uh, from that time on there's been a b- very big increase in the number of studies on happiness and right now what we're, we're trying to do is do it uh, because these studies are very technical right so the big question is how do we make the scientific study clear and understandable and how do we um bridge the gap between theory and practice And we're beginning to discover what's more effective and what's less effective.
2: Well, let's chat for a minute about positive psychology because um, this methodology is something that I use in my work every day. And I describe it in a nutshell or in layman's terms as the focus of what is right with life versus what is wrong with life. Because life is tough. I mean, the reality of it is we're born, we are faced with a lot of wonderful, joyful things in our life, and we are also... Um, faced with challenges and, and traumas and unexpected bad things that happen to good people every day. And uh, one of the key factors in making it through the trials and tribulations is resiliency and, you know, our ability to bounce back. And so when we talk about positive psychology, and I would love to hear it from a philosopher's note, um, what would you say about this?
0: Um, as a philosopher, um, I would say that there are, you know, many, many different opinions about happiness if you, if you look at the writings of the great uh, philosophers. Um, but one of the – if you look at Asian philosophy, that's what I specialize in. Um, if you're talking about common points, I would say the common point between Buddhism, Taoism, and Confucianism about how to find happiness uh, one of the biggest areas of agreement is mindfulness. In other words, you know, releasing ourselves from our obsession with the past, you know, with, with, with our regrets about the past or our bad memories from the past or our anxieties of the future. You know, we're almost like prisoners of the past and the future. They've, they've kidnapped us and they've <laughs> taken us away from the present. And so I think what they're saying is that, no, it's happiness is in the here and now. N- nirvana is now. And uh, Confucius does very similar stuff, and, and so does Lao Tzu. And it's, it's kind of mysterious how they, they come to, to similar conclusions about mindfulness. So definitely that's an area of uh, being able to train your mind to focus on the present, um, that is being explored, not just by ancient philosophers, but now a lot of scientists are doing work on this, as, as you know.
2: Yes, um, one very well-known uh, uh, that comes to mind is Dr. Ellen Langer of Harvard, who's devoted her life's work to the study of mindfulness. And uh, But she does not approach it from the Buddhist perspective, which I find very interesting. She comes from a very scientific angle. That if you're living, you know, in the moment, fully present, doing the right thing, there really isn't any opportunity uh, for sadness or um, gloom and doom. You know, you're just, you're just handling what is before you in this moment. And that's not to say that they're not challenges.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Um, I wanted to, uh, we, we are going to go to a break very shortly, and I wanted to um, talk about the difference between positive psychology and the science of happiness. And you do talk about it on your website. So I think it might be uh, uh, very interesting for our listeners to uh, get your perspective on that when we come back from the break. And um, in order to reach Dr. Mark Seaton, you can visit him at the pursuitofhappiness.org. And I'm going to sort of spell it out for you because it's pursuit-of-happiness.org, and Dr. Mark Seton is a philosopher who has also created an incredible database uh, that is available to anybody who has an interest in learning about happiness, the history of happiness, the science of happiness, and um, Mark's also leading some webinars that can be accessed through the website, and there's some good stuff going on over there that I am uh, very happy and proud to be a part of. And we'll get, in, get into that when we come back as well. Um, uh, what else, Mark? Are you going to run and get a cup of coffee on the break?
0: I'll, I'll try. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, this is Lisa Cypress, in your host at Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And we will be back with Dr. Mark Seton in a couple of minutes.
1: Know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa ciphers Kamen on Tokinet.com. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and
2: the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. Do you get it? Now, that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what, that is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week.
1: Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's real moms in the real world. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry on toginet.com. Come learn with me as the show created as much for the host as the audience. Join host Danny Walker Wednesdays at 11 noon central on ToggyNet.com as she invites you to get your boots on and walk through life's triumphs and troubles with her. Come learn with me as the beginning of a movement, a community filled with caring people who share information, allowing everyone to participate, gain, and grow. What works? What doesn't? Your host, Danny Walker, is a self proclaimed student, not expert. And she'll share very candidly passions, perspectives, failures, her family's battle with illness, her restaurant inspirations to keep being a wife, parent, and more, all the while including industry experts, disease survivors, and guests to add to the mix. For more on Danny and her show, go to DannyWalker.com. D-A-N-I Walker.com. If you've ever searched high and low to find answers to sickness, disease, and debt, come learn with me and let's get our questions answered together. Come learn with me with host Danny Walker, Wednesdays at 11, noon central on TogiNet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Tokenet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence, the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Tokenet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Welcome back, everybody. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, your host of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And I am here with philosopher and friend, Dr. Mark Seton of thepursuitofhappiness.org. And before the break, we were talking about making ourselves happier. Is it possible to actually train ourselves to become happier? And um, the answer to that question is yes. So welcome back, Mark. I understand he's gotten a cup of coffee, so he's going to be really perky now.
0: <laughs> I'm Mark. More perky than I already am. That's yeah, scary. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. That's what I was inferring, because you're a pretty perky guy. So. <laughs> so so, tell us, we can make ourselves happier, right? I think so. Well, how do we do it?
0: <laughs> well, um, it's interesting because I was drinking the coffee and I thought, yeah, this coffee actually was a little too cold to make me really happy. But um, I was thinking about the difference between what I felt drinking the coffee, because we've just been talking about this, and and what it's, what it's like to talk with you over internet radio. And I must say, it's 10 times more exhilarating to talk with you. And that uh, reminds me of the fact that uh, the I mean I I don't know if our listeners can guess but w- what area if you think about all the different activities that make us very happy uh, what area is the, the uh, makes us the most happy of all, uh, us the most happy of all according to the research um, and it seems to be human relationships
1: yeah.
0: um, and one very interesting result of this research is that it's not really it's not only how much you know you talk to people. Um, it's the content of what we talk about. So, for example, we're actually doing something fairly good for our happiness, you and me, um, because we're talking about stuff that is close to our heart. And according to our research, um, the, uh, not our research, but the, the research of many different studies that we're trying to summarize, um, it's, it's what they call self-disclosure that really makes the difference. And the fascinating thing is that when they did, they looked at high school students and they, they tried to draw a link between, you know, who, who, what the happiest high school students were doing, and they found out that it wasn't the number of friends they had. So it's like some high school students had 500 friends on Facebook and they were talking pretty well. They were text messaging and talking every few minutes about sports and girls and, and boys or whatever. But they found out that it wasn't those students. It was the students who, you know, who had... Just one or two close friends who um, they talked about in a very um, intensive way and you know not only about good things but about their problems their issues and, and that 's what they call self disclosure apparently that was one of the that's one of the keys the most important keys to our happiness
2: well and I think that another way to describe that would be intimacy you know that that it's the ability to uh, feel safe in the company of another person to reveal certain things about yourself and hold the confidence of what the other person is, is sharing with you. You know, and I, I, you know jokingly, I, I refer to it as the I word. You know, the I word is intimacy, the C word is yeah. commitment.
0: <laughs> well, intimacy is a really good term, you know, and, and I think maybe we should, uh, you know, on our website, uh, we talk about it as communication, but I think intimacy is actually a better word because it really tells you what kind of relationship uh, brings the best results.
2: Yes. And, you know, this is something that is uh, not often natural to people, you know, to self-disclose and to allow themselves to be vulnerable in in conversation. And I'm not talking about uh, romantic relationships, just in, in everyday friendships. And it is a very, very powerful tool for joy, for cultivating greater joy. And uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Well, no, I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for saying this. <laughs> <But> oh no! <laughs> I, I think that I think that um, the one reason why, uh, one of the main reasons why psychotherapy is successful, is because of exactly that, of the self-disclosure that is going on. So, the, you know, the sad thing is, is that in the old days, you know, we, we, we had closer friendships. We, I mean, if you go back thousands of years, we, we probably were hunting together in very sort of close groups and of course we would get eaten up by tigers and mauled by bears. But the good news was that, you know, we would talk very intensively with each other. And, and of course, in our sort of more isolated individualistic society, we we kind of spend much more time uh, by ourselves. And it's almost like in some ways uh, psychoanalysts and psychotherapists play the roles of good friends. You know, what is it that's hurting you? Well, well you know, What's up with you today? And, uh, you know, we're almost bullied into self-disclosure. Uh, mm. uh, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't get psychotherapy. I think that's very important in some situations. But I, I think it shows that, that we've, we've lost some of those intense bonds of trust and intimacy that we used to have.
2: Yeah, point well taken, and you know I think that that in, in a military situation, because I, am, I work with um, service personnel, you know they often speak of um, the intimate connections that they have with the people in their um, you know their immediate groups. You know when they're deployed, their platoons or their companies, and they're they're out there. It's it's life or death. So the trust and connection that they share with a fellow soldier is extremely, extremely intense. And the disclosure that goes on, um, because your life depends on it, puts this concept that you're speaking of into a completely different realm. You know, it's not just talking about how you're really feeling, it's talking about what's really going on because it's your back, it's your life, um, and, and your life and those of the people around you.
0: Right. And there's a great expression in Chinese, which means suffer together... Uh, enjoy together you know that 's the best kind of friendship and uh, I think that's ha- that happens in in a situation like war that really brings yes. you together
2: it really does and it's um it's you know live or die it really is what it comes down to, and the will to survive is huge and the and the will on a in a certain sense to be happy if we allow ourselves to be is also huge you know the 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 desire for joy, the desire to um, to smile at every day is uh, something that most of us want. And for those of us that, that have a hard time accessing it, this is where this work can be extremely powerful. Um, and, and I wanted to touch upon that in terms of um, depression and can people overcome depression through the use of positive psychology and the science of happiness.
0: Well, here's another very interesting topic. And, and once again, you know, I might... Uh, Say some controversial things. Um, I would say that, uh, you know, I I, personally I I think that, um, you know, at some at some point, if people get really really depressed and paralysed by depression, and they're at a point where they can't do much, um, then uh, perhaps antidepressants and pharmaceutical options uh, are some of the only options. Um, what we're about, what our website is about, and, and I know what you're about, too, is, you know, trying to reach people uh, before that happens, if possible, so they can build what's called resilience. Um, and uh, we found, you know, and as, as you know, the, the research finds that um, if you build your resilience, then there's less chance that you you can fall into that kind of uh, deep depression. Um but there's a very interesting phenomenon going on, as you know. The the uh, the American military reached out to Martin Seligman, the founder of positive psychology, and asked him if um, you know to work with uh, soldiers having post traumatic stress disorder. Um, and they're now convinced that actually uh, positive psychology can do something about that sort of situation.
2: And the resiliency training, you know, to to actually. Train someone how to be more resilient, how to help them bounce back from adversity or when they see or do things that are uh, traumatic, which is, uh, let's face it, that's what war does. I mean, as, as, as a soldier, you're asked to go in and do things that uh, you may consider to be objectionable in your civilian life and many of us would consider to be objectionable. But in the face of war, this this is what is going on in the moment. So it's how do you, how do you cope with those, uh, those challenges? And that's right. where the res- resiliency training comes in. But let's talk a minute about, about medication because I don't want to bash medication. And, and I'm glad that you made the caveat that in some cases it is medically warranted. If somebody is suicidal or basically on the ledge emotionally, in some cases this may be the intervention that can save them and um, bring them to a place where other modalities of therapy can, can be useful. So it does yeah. definitely
0: definitely has its place. It, it's, you know, it's very much like uh, nutrition. If, if we eat the right things, we have much less, you know, if we take, uh, you know, fish oil and and if we don't eat so much cholesterol, uh, we lower our chances of getting a heart attack. Um, and it's very similar, you know, to some of the strategies we can use in building up our, our psychological resilience, uh, you know, having a personal, uh, you know, personal relationships, cultivating our personal relationships, uh, caring activities, doing things for other people. Um, you know, this is we have, as you know, on our website, a list of Seven different areas that you can work in um, not only positive thinking that can build up uh, your resilience and um, this works rather like you know having the right diet improves or or decreases your chances of having a heart attack the problem is once you have a heart attack then you know it, it just taking um, uh, eating the right food might not do the trick. Um, so it, I think it's similar in some ways. Uh, the, the, these strategy, once once you become very depressed, um, I think you, you, you very often you might have to combine strategies.
2: We are going to need to go to a break. And when we come back, I'd like to continue this conversation about the happiness diet, because really what I hear you saying is that happiness is, can be uh, achieved, or greater happiness can be achieved through a training program. And I would love to touch yes. upon the, the, the happiness training program when we come back on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, and I'm here with Dr. Mark Seaton of the thepursuitofhappiness.org. And we will return to talk about how to get happier. With
0: the happiness diet. With the great. happiness
2: diet. <laughs>
1: Where is my heart? Where is my heart? We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cyphers-Kamen on toginet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on talkingnet.com Craig Deswalt is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 central on druggynet.com.
3: Part of the Grateful Good. Join us on Wednesday, November 17th for a discussion with the Grateful Nation team. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences... Thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events, and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day.
1: Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Tokenet, the show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Tokenet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen.
2: Welcome back, everyone. This is Lisa Cyphers-Kamen, your host of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. I'm here with Dr. Mark Seaton of thepursuitofhappiness.org, and we are talking about the happiness diet, how to get happier. You know, um, Happiness uh, is like a muscle, and if you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't train for it, then you have skimpy muscles, and I know that most of us uh, would rather have a beefy set of happiness muscles than, than skimpy ones. So, Mark, let's talk about how to get happier. What are the key ingredients to our happiness diet?
0: Well, I love the expression the happiness diet that you used um, because just as you know, we need to have different nutrients and vitamins, um, I, I think that, well, not, not me, but the, the science is showing us that we can do very, very definite things to improve our mood. One of the most powerful things is to get involved in more, in closer, more revealing relations, more intimate relationships. Um, and probably running very high in second place um And once again, you you can read about this on the Science of Happiness pages on our website, um, pursuitofhappiness.org. But um, the, the second ranking thing or, you know, very close to the top are caring activities, thinking a little more about the people. It doesn't have to be, you know, going to a soup kitchen or volunteering, although that also is very powerful. It can just be doing those little things for the people around us and uh, frankly that's one of my weak points i i i get so involved in what i'm doing i i forget about the people closest to me Um, but i do find that uh, i try to practice that otherwise i'd be a hypocrite (laughs) Um, and it does have an impact Um, and then of course in third place probably uh, exercise is very important Um, There's been a huge bunch of new research on on exercise. There's been a massive study by the Cochrane Review on 130 scientific studies that show that there's a conclusive relationship between exercise and um, relieving depression. And and actually, I I very much hope that, um, you know, for for PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, as you know there, They're trying to do something about the problem of suicide in the army. Mm. very much hope that they think about things, you know, about those sorts of um, activities we can do um, when they try to tackle this.
2: You know, you make a very good point. One of my colleagues, Sue Lynch, there and back again, who will be on our show in the next couple of months, she is a a JAG, a Marine, an attorney, and owns and operates a yoga studio that has a program specifically for veterans who are dealing with PTSD, and, and, and the concept, which she's having great results with, is that to um, ask the, the vet to really remain in his or her body, you know, and, and work through whatever is going on mindfully. You know, it's, it's, it goes right back again to some of the, the things that we were talking about earlier in this interview. Um, I wanted to, to talk for a second about an exciting project that you and I are working on, with Sandra Beck of Military Mom Talk Radio, who also has a show on TogiNet. We have put together um, a website uh, and YouTube TV channel called Finding Happiness Channel. And um, I'm going to turn it over to you because it's about the education component. But it is something exciting. We're we're slow to get it off the ground, but there is a presence, I think, on the Internet and perhaps on YouTube at this point. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what we've been doing for the past year? <laughs>
0: um, yes, I'd be happy to. Uh, we're, you know, we're both trying to reach um, secondary school uh, children as well as university students. Um, I think this is one of the most, the, the younger you talk to people, the younger they are when you talk to people, when you educate them about happiness, I think it's the easier it is for them to change their lifestyles and change their thinking, um, the older we get, You know, the more tricky it gets to make these radical some of these radical changes. Although I think it's quite possible. Um, I know many old dogs who practice new tricks. Um, (laughs) But uh, we are trying to reach a younger audience, and one of these projects is the, the the Happiness Channel. The, on YouTube. What, what was the, 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 the exact name of the channel again? Um,
2: we chose Finding Happiness Channel. Which Finding I believe, Happiness
0: Channel, right.
2: Yeah, Finding Happiness Channel. And it, um, the concept of what we are doing is to offer a video competition to, I think we said from seventh grade up, where kids can um, enter to post their impressions of happiness on the website and be judged by their peers that the People's Choice would win, yay, and, uh, the winners would get a prize that could include, but are not limited to, and we're not committing to, because we need corporate sponsorship, a flip or an iPad or something like that, that would be very cool for our, 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 our uh, students, you know, ages 12 and up to, to win as a prize for really putting forth the best message about you know, sustainable happiness about what being truly happy means. So it's something I'm quite impassioned about, and I know you are too. And and, and Sandra's our uh, techno guru on on the uh, the back end with the website and the promotion and all of that. But you know, we need to we need to launch this. Maybe for the spring semester we can get this on board.
0: I hope so. And I think one reason why this is so effective is because you know this generation loves multimedia, and uh, we found that. You know, the Pursuit of Happiness project. The more we include multimedia, uh, video, audio, instant messaging, etc., Flash, uh, the more involved uh, we can get uh, students, and the more effective. I mean, I, I, for myself, I'm I'm a very visual person. I think, you know, uh, reading a book about happiness is is great, but if I see people talking about it on video, or if I listen to the radio. Um, it somehow sinks in more deeply.
2: Yeah, I uh, know. I happen to agree with you, and, and I'm I'm having a chuckle over here because I know that we can open up the uh, the airways for live callers, and I know I can offer it up on Facebook. And I think it's a, a generational thing. I'm thing. I'm feeling like a dinosaur because it's like too much media to manage <laughs> at the same time. So I, I'm I'm going to work on that. That's part of my New Year's resolution to come back after the break and be able to integrate the live radio with Facebook and the, the live call-in and the text chat and all of these things that we're talking about because they do make for a richer, deeper experience, um, certainly.
0: I'm sort of a unitasker. I can do one thing at a time, and I even have a struggle doing that.
2: <laughs> no, I don't think that's quite true. Oh, am are trying. Yeah, well, you know what? That's the old dog, new tricks thing, you know? We keep trying and and we learn, we learn new things and uh it's uh that is a good part of my happiness is you know every taking every day and and, and trying to find something that i 've learned you know that makes me better than the day before, and it is that quest for knowledge, you know the hunger to uh to be more and do more and learn more on uh a, a level that can assist others and i really I really enjoy that, and I know you do too.
0: Well, I think that's uh, again that's one of the most effective ways that we can feel better is to think about making other people feel better.
2: Yes. Um, can you tell our listeners if they wanted to be involved with the Pursuit of Happiness project, how they can connect with you? You know, give, give yourself the big plug.
0: Oh, we have a, a contact um, a contact address on on our website. So you go to pursuitofhappiness.org, dot um, org and. Uh, they simply um, email us and describe what area um, they, uh, they're strong in. So uh, we're actually looking for uh, educators, um, high school and university educators in particular. Um, these are the people who can really um, be able to implement the information we have on the website in the classroom, and very recently we, we have posted up new pages of teaching resources, and we have ready-made stuff that the educators can actually use in the classroom, Um, and we're hoping that that's going to be effective for them.
2: Um, And on the website, you also are offering webinars, and I would love for you to touch upon that so people can find out how how they can stop by, how they can participate. And have a little uh, more information and glean some knowledge in a in a in a mini classroom setting.
0: Oh, we have so much fun with the webinars. Um, we team teach it. There's usually four or five of us in psychology and philosophy and psychiatry. We team teach the webinars. Uh, they're they're free webinars. We open them up. We and uh, last time we had uh, last webinar we had uh, through the website we had uh, I think 200 people uh, subscribed. We had. 55 people attending from 20 different countries. It was Amazing. really exciting. It was really exciting. Oh, that's um, huge. When is the and,
2: next webinar?
0: When is your next one? Do uh, you have- our next webinar, we're going to post it up on the website very soon under the webinar section, but we're thinking of doing it uh, probably sometime in February, in early spring. So oh. I would ask all our, our listeners to um, to look out for that uh, new webinar if they would have like to have – Uh, more information about uh, what we're doing and how to implement this information in the classrooms, but also in their own lives.
2: Well, we will also keep in touch and keep posting that information on Facebook and on the radio page here. Um, We are going to need to, to wind this hour up. It has flown by, and before we depart, I first of all wanted to say Thank you, Mark. Thank you for for coming to have a cup of coffee with me today on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And thank you to all the people who are behind the scenes, you know, Robin and Carrie and Jill and Eric. So thank you, Toginet. But here's a couple of things to think about before we part for the holiday break, is that happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. Happiness simply comes down to a choice, to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Happiness is an inside job. Thanks for joining us today on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. Until next time. Have a great holiday, safe and happy new year, and set some good intentions for yourselves, everybody out there, because we know that putting attention to your intention makes it all happen. Thank you, Dr. Mark Seaton of the thepursuitofhappiness.org. I'm sending you a huge cyber hug. As
0: thank you. And I'd, <laughs> I'd also like to thank all the volunteers on our website who contributed to our project because it's not my website, it's our website. Oh,
2: well, thank you. And thank you, Dad.
1: Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Dad. For more,